everyday injustice. Too many wrongful convictions, corruption has infected the criminal justice system. Leaving too many people helpless, fighting for their lives instead of receiving justice, people suffer. Is that why they say justice is blind? Hello and welcome to the Everyday Injustice Podcast. I'm your host, David Greenwald. For the past 10 years, we have operated Vanguard Court Watches in California, including San Francisco, Sacramento, and Yolo counties. Our goal? Expose everyday court injustices, and now, more broadly, shine a spotlight on injustices in the entire criminal justice system in the form of wrongful convictions, police and prosecutorial misconduct, and mass incarceration. This podcast hopes to take it a step further and highlight criminal justice reform on a national level. Everyday injustice. Today on Everyday Injustice, we have Joanne Shear from Felony Murder Elimination Project. Welcome to our show. Thank you, David. It's such a pleasure to be on today. So, Tell us your story. Like, how'd you get here? How did this come about? Oh, this this has been a long, long process. This came uh, this came about in the midst of um, an incredible grief and uh, horrific incident that happened with my son uh, 15 years ago. Um, he was serving in the as a private first class in the Marine Corps. And uh, he uh, he ended up a few months into it. Um, he loaned a, or he sold his laptop to an acquaintance of another Marine um, to to get money for to drive home. He used to drive home on the weekends from from uh, Camp Pendleton. And he sold his laptop and, and was told that he would be paid, um, you know, what, the next day for it and uh, never heard from the guy again, even though he had reached out to him. Um, he forgot about it a little bit until they were, um, until about a week, two weeks later, um, he was at a, a fellow Marines um, uh, apartment with, you know, with fellow Marines, um, just watching football and, and drinking um, and watching football. And uh, one of the Marines brought up the laptop and, and said, you know, we, we should go get it. We should go get the laptop. And um, they, uh, one of the Marines that was, the, that was discussing it was, he was a two-tour Iraqi war vet. Um, he had been injured in Iraq in a, in a, uh, uh, a tank explosion. And he, you, you, you know, he was just a normal talking guy, but what he had happened is he had lost the right frontal lobe of his brain and a portion of the left and, and it left him, um, uh, the, the executive function was gone. You wouldn't know it to talk to him in, in a physical way. He had a scar, but you wouldn't know that there was any trauma. Um, uh, as they went and picked up the laptop, uh, computer um he and 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 two of these others and during the course of um of arguing with a person who had it the injured marine uh got had a moment of ptsd got upset that the person was wasn't following a direct order pulled a gun and shot and killed this young man um it was not um 
for my son, it was he'd been, they'd been drinking so much he wasn't he 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 didn't see it coming. He didn't understand that somebody that this young man had been damaged and and that something like that could happen. Um, it ended up that all three of them were um, convicted under the felony murder rule, even though um, even though my son did not intend to harm or cause cause the death. He was still convicted with first degree murder under the felony murder special circumstance law and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Um, that was back. He was sentenced back in 2009. And. Um, He'd never been in trouble before. He'd never been in trouble with the law. He was, uh, he'd never even gotten a speeding ticket before. Um, so not knowing how to handle the grief of this, we had never even heard of felony murder. We didn't even know what that was. We, we even further didn't know how a person could be sentenced to death in prison, which is what life without possibility of parole is how they could be sentenced to to die without having any intent to have harmed anybody or or not having or not having killed anybody um so i i set about finding out uh, about felony murder and i looked for organizations in california that had to do with this and there weren't any and i looked nationwide to find if there's anybody who could offer me any explanation of this and and um and there really weren't any. Um, so I went about researching and, and figuring out what the, what this law is. And uh, and I, I, I knew I had to, uh, I just couldn't understand why somebody hadn't, <laughs> hadn't fixed this law that could so easily do this, right? I, I just thought, doesn't anybody know about this? And, and um so I I just restarted uh, reaching out to the people that I was meeting in in prison um, in the in the lines to visit their loved ones and and found out that there are a whole lot of people who are sentenced under felony murder and we formed an organization and um, just started uh, I just started looking into the laws and we uh, I my husband and I started meeting with our district senator who said, well, write, write a proposal. And I didn't know how to do that. So, <laughs> so researched in that and, um, and, and he didn't know what felony murder was either. So it was, it was a, a surprise to him. It was a shock to him. So it was a whole learning experience that I, I just thought I had to try and, and try and change this law that so easily, um, reaches out and brings so many uh people into prison uh for for really for things that they they did not cause or they did not have any intention to do so that's how i formed felony murder elimination project for those who aren't familiar with the felony murder rule you know one of the amazing things that that you learn in this business is that you know let's say you and your friend plan a robbery and you um, are going to be in the car waiting outside. And the plan is for your friend to go in, rob the place, take some money and run out. Um, it's not to harm anyone, not, not uh, definitely not to shoot anyone. 
but something goes wrong and the guy ends up shooting and killing someone Mm -hmm. um you're on the hook for the same crime that he is uh through the felony murder rule and you know we've seen cases where you know the guy's not even on the site like like there was like a conspiracy to commit a crime and, and and he's at home and somebody gets killed and he's still on the hook for murder and these people are put in uh to prison incarcerated for sometimes years or decades yeah just as though they were the actual killer that's exactly right 37 yeah and to take that even further david if you're out in the car and the clerk pulls a gun and shoots that person inside and and kills your friend inside you will be charged even though you weren't inside, you didn't have any to, anything to do with that. You will be charged with felony murder. So it, it, yeah. So, so then the law has changed now in California. Yes, uh, Senator Skinner and uh, Restore Justice back in 2000, uh, 2018 had Senate Bill fourteen thirty seven, which changed the law. Um, for minor participants in a felony murder, for somebody like the person who is um, who is in the car or who is down the street as a uh, as a lookout, um, it changed the law for them um, so that they cannot be um, that they cannot be charged with murder. They can be charged with the underlying felony with really what they're. Uh, proportionate to what their um, participation was in uh, in the in the situation, um, it, it was a it was a, a historic change to felony murder and um, and and really made it more proportionate for those people. Um, the the it the what happened with SB fourteen thirty seven, however, it did not change for those participants who were charged um, with a special circumstance, which is a sentencing law. Um, and it even, even for those who, who had that, that level of participation, if they were charged with special circumstance, that ups that 25 year to life uh, sentence to life without the possibility of parole or death. And um, if, if if that had been done in SB fourteen thirty seven, it would have made that that bill uh, a two thirds vote bill, which um, which would which we all know is extremely difficult to get through legislature. Right. Um, yeah. And so. So. Um, so. Um, I am completely drawing a blank on the senator Cortese. Um, <laughs> SB 300, um, he introduced a bill. Now, would that impact your son's case, um, SB 300? Yeah, SB 300, we uh, came up with that proposal back in uh, 2020. No, 2021. (laughs) It was introduced in 2021. And what that bill did is it, it did two things. The first thing it did was that it would have given judges back the discretion to strike a special circumstance 
in any case in in for that in in any special circumstance case that they deemed that a parole eligible sentence of 25 years to life would have better served the interest of justice. Um, right now, judges don't have that discretion. That was taken away by Proposition 115 in 1990. And so that bill would have given the judges back just the discretion in their own courtrooms. Um, the second thing that it, it did or proposed to do was to um, change the felony murder um, special circumstance law, 190.2D, for um, uh, felony murder accomplices who were charged with, as a major participant. That just means that you were there um, and uh, who who acted with reckless indifference to human life. And that um, that's what most accomplices are charged with unless they had complete intent to commit the murder. Um, and so that was trying to eliminate that from the special circumstance um law and we did we did great we we got it through senate in 2021 uh we got it through the assembly of public safety and appropriations in this year um but unfortunately we did not have as, uh, enough uh votes on the assembly floor to finish the bill so um senator cortese um held it pulled it and held it and we, our intention is to um, hopefully in the future bring it back. So it was a very, it was a very, very narrow bill, um, but it was, um, but it was a big lift. It was a two-thirds bill, so we needed two-thirds vote. Those are always hard, even even in California. <laughs> right, it, it's 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 extremely hard. It was a, it was a huge lift, and. Um, and we we had we had wonderful support. We had over um, 170 uh, organizations supporting it throughout California. Over 300 faith um, organizations um, supported it, um, but we just uh, couldn't get the the votes on the assembly floor, unfortunately. So, what is the role of your organization in all of this? So when I started the organization in 2010, um, the, the goal is to eliminate felony murder from California law. Um, I know people look at me like I'm, like I'm crazy, um, but it's a law that we don't need. It's we have got we've got so many murder and homicide laws in California that we we really don't need felony murder in order to charge people with their participation in a crime. Um, you've got first degree murder, you've got second degree murder, you've got conspiracy murder, you've got, um, uh, it, there's so many different murders that, that, that a DA can use to charge someone. Um, the problem with felony murder is that, um, and the really interesting thing about felony murder is that if you intentionally go into, to, um, commit a murder, and then a robbery is a secondary act to that, right? Then you can't be charged with felony murder. You can only be charged with the murder and the robbery. But if it's the opposite, if you go in to rob somebody and somebody's um, there's a death that occurs, even if it's accidental, only then can you be charged with felony murder, which is astonishing, right? Because you can set out with intent, um, 
and and not be not be charged with felony murder. So our goal is to get rid of the felony murder rule. It was eliminated um, by its country of origin, which was England. It was brought over to the United States from England back um, back when California was became a state, and it was eliminated in uh, England in 1957. So. Look at how far behind we are. Uh, so the goal is to eliminate felony murder and also to um, to eliminate extreme and disproportionate sentences, such as life without the possibility of parole and the death penalty. We don't need them. Um, and, uh, and there are too many people who are serving um, these extreme sentences um, who should not be should not be dying in prison. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people listen to this and they're like, hey, wait, why are we getting rid of these tools? And I think, you know, from my perspective, I don't have a problem. You know, somebody commits a murder, charging them with murder. Right. Um, the problem is when somebody really hasn't done anything other than do something stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and commit another crime and has nothing to really do with, you know, killing another human being, the punishment needs to really fit the crime, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and in a lot of cases, it just doesn't. And you see these kind of really absurd examples of cases where it's just like, they weren't even there. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the problem is that it is a tool. Uh, let's be really transparent about it is a very very um, uh, it is a very very strong tool that a district attorney can use uh, to force uh, testimony, even many times false testimony. Um, and and a lot of times they will if, if they don't know who the actual who the person was who caused the death. Um, and there's there's three or four of you or even two of you, um, they will choose who they think it was and put pressure on that person and offer them a, pre, a plea deal to a, a lesser sentence if they'll if they'll um, give testimony against the others. And so many times what you've got is you've got um, the person who actually did cause it is serving a lesser sentence than their co-defendants who are serving life without possibility of parole. Um, I, I asked, a, I, I, I had a meeting many years ago with, with uh, a district attorney and asked him uh, the best argument for um, felony murder is. And he said, well, if we have a group of people and we don't know who the, who actually caused the death, then we at least know that he that that person was was we we've got them in that group, and uh, and they'll they'll all pay the price for it. And the I asked him then for the best argument against felony murder, and he said to me, "Malice for robbery does not equal malice for murder," and that. Bottom line is the truth. And so do you stand up and call that out and say, that's exactly it. So we need to 
we need to stop doing this. And if you look at the statistics, which there weren't any before, um, before a felony murder uh, elimination project came into being, I, 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 I got upset because so many legislators said, well, how many people are serving uh, felony murder? And there are no statistics. We've got them listed as, uh, CDCR has them listed as 187 murders. Um, so we set about looking for data and uh, found out that we, uh, at the time, there were over 5,200 people serving life without the possibility of parole. And 3,700 of those people serving life without uh, parole were first-time offenders. The number one age for somebody to receive a life without parole sentence is 19. So um, 32 over 3,200 of them were 25 or younger at the time of the crime. So when you look at those statistics, obviously not all of them are, are serving under felony murder um, special circumstance because there are 22 um, special circumstances, but our data has shown that about 52% of LWAPs are serving under felony murder. And that the SB 300 was only targeting about 20% of that population of that felony murder life without parole population, because that's what our um, data indicated were people who were sentenced um, who had no intent, uh, who were major participants. So that's how narrow that bill was. <laughs> yeah. Those are stunning numbers. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, they got LWAP. It's the worst of the worst. At least they're not going to be executed, um, you know, next issue. Um, but you know, what, what this suggests is that there, there may be real questions whether or not you agree with LWAP, um, and I increasingly don't, mm -hmm. um, but, but even if you do, um, you know, I would think that you would want, um, you know, to, to have it be, um, you know, uh, equivalent to the crime, and it's just not. It, it isn't, and the 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 terrible thing about um, about any crime, of course, is that there is always uh, a victim of a crime, right? And 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 we 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 fully believe in um, in in uh, punishment for or discipline for your participation in a crime. So we uh, we in no way want to under um, undervalue or or um, or disrespect or in any way take away from those people who have been harmed, right? And um, so it's not about, it's not about stopping discipline or stopping punishment. It's about being held liable and accountable for your participation and for your intent. And I don't think in, in any other realm than felony murder, is it, um, is it more um, clear that 
it that a net is spread and it will cover uh whoever has uh any um any idea or any concept of 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 what of whatever that robbery is or whatever the burglary is um it, it's just a net that is spread too widely and, and casts too far and too many people are are serving extreme amounts of time for um for things that they did not intend or commit that's bottom line so I understand what you want to do, yeah. um, but how are you planning to go about doing it at this point? You've obviously made a lot of progress hmm. over the last, uh, you know, 12 years. Um, you know, this is an issue on people's radar, whereas it was on no one's radar uh, in 2010. Um, what are you hoping to do over the next few years? So we're... Uh... As you, I know that you're so aware, um, legislation takes a, an, an incredible amount of time, right? And so you you bring bills forward and um, and you you're making incremental steps. So um, we're working right now. We're still working with Senator Cortese. He's an amazing individual um, and not afraid of challenges. But we're we're currently working on legislation, uh, hoping to address people who have served um, over 30 years of, of life without parole sentences. We've got um, we've got a large amount of people that are serving those, and they've been um, and and that was that was at a time when judges uh, did have judicial discretion. So. We're also working on um, a jury construction or a jury instruction component for felony murder accomplice liability um, regarding major participation, uh, major participation and reckless indifference. Because when a jury is in a trial, in a felony murder trial, they don't necessarily know it's felony murder, nor do they know what the what the possible sentencing scenario for that is. That um, that if if they're given uh, if they're given a special circumstance question and they have to answer yes or no, they don't get uh, many times they don't get what reckless indifference actually means. It's a very vague term, and most jurors don't know what that means. So we're working on um, on a jury instruction component um, addressing that. Um, Right now, we're working in partnership with Boston University Center for Anti-Racist um, Research. It's a, a nationwide project where we're choosing two other states, um, and we're collecting and analyzing data on the racialized impact of felony murder in those in those states. Um, and to illustrate the injustice of felony murder um, laws through uh, the racial and socio-legal analysis um, and through personal narratives of those who have um, been impacted by felony murder. And our plan is to pr produce model legislation repealing felony murder, um, not only for you know, California, but for those two other states. And hopefully that will be um, spread across the nation because Felony murder laws are, um, there are only four states that really don't have felony murder laws. So what do you guys need? What, uh, how can people get involved? 
we would uh, we would we're looking for people who are directly impacted. We're looking for community members because that's what felony murder elimination project um, consists of is impacted and and family members of loved ones serving. Uh, under felony murder rule and life without parole, we would love for them to get in contact with us. We're doing a survey right now on um, the results of SB 1437 petitions, whether judges are actually following the law and um, and uh, resentencing those who are who are um, uh, eligible. So we're we're uh, working on a survey right now to put into the um, the people inside. Um, so we would we would love everybody's um, input, and we would love uh, that if they could reach out to us and um, let us know if they would be interested in working with us um, on that, and with their loved ones inside. And we would love the support on uh, on the future legislation we're hoping to bring. Um, well, we've already proposed it, and we are bringing it next year. So, and where can people find you? They can find us at www.endfmrnow.org, or they can reach me at felonymurderproject@yahoo.com. Excellent. Well, thanks, Joanne, for joining us and sharing your amazing work. David, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on. And I just want to thank you so much for your work over all these years, um, for the the truth and honesty in, in journalism. And, and you guys are just amazing, amazing advocates. Thank you. Thank you. That's Joanne Shear from the Felony Murder Elimination Project. This has been Everyday Injustice. I'm your host, David Greenwald. Join us again next time for more tales from the injustice system. Thank you to George Powell and Norman Mouse Quake Barrett for the use of our opening Everyday Injustice. You can see more of George's music at www justiceforgeorgepowell.com that's justiceforgeorgepowell all one word dot com